0: Hi, I'm Andy. Uh, I'm one of the elders here at Christ First. Um, we're coming to the end of a series we've been on, which is actually on spiritual disciplines. Um, and it's been quite a journey, to be honest with you. I think a journey of like a roller coaster. times i like, yeah, I can do this too. Why can't I do this? So a real kind of journey through. Um, but let me say this phrase one more time. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. Say it with me. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. I've been my mantra. Look, if your spiritual life is dry, if you're struggling with your worship, if you're finding your prayer times are empty, then don't just keep doing the same thing. Try and do something differently and often what God lays out in the scriptures and the guidance for spiritual disciplines is actually different from what we would normally do because people don't normally stop for 10 minutes a day to have a quiet time, what on earth is that? It's not normal, good because it's not supposed to be normal, it's a gift from God to say by doing that you'll get a greater sense of my presence but you kind of have to persist at it, you can't just do it once in a while every so often so there's a lot of stuff in here about things that we can do. But I'm going to start today with a really well-known scripture to tee off the discipline I want to talk about today, which unsurprisingly, and I will explain soon why we're like this, is worship. And we're going to end there and going to try try and wrap up the series. But the actual verse I want to quote from is that one up there, John 4.23, that says this, But the hour is coming and is now here. Which is good news when the true worshippers will follow will worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such people to worship him. I'm going to use that verse later. We're going to try and, it might be a slightly longer service today because we wanted Jimmy to say goodbye to, and you're always late these days, so we start later, so that's partly your fault. Um, (laughs) But anyway, um, we're going to go back into a time of worship, and I'm going to preach a little bit more. So there's going to be kind of a bit of a mixture today of different things. But what I wanted you to think about, what I want to consider when you think about that verse at quite a high level, is if God is seeking a people to worship him in spirit and in truth, there must be people who don't there must be people who worship him not in the spirit and people who can worship him not in truth because if he's looking for those that do there must be some that don't. That's just basic logic isn't it? I'm looking for those that are which means I have to search them out so there must be a bunch of them that aren't and so today I'm going to explore this in two sections. I'm going to speak for about 20 to 25 minutes now then we're going to stop have a time of worship then go back in and I'm going to talk a bit about well how do we do this want to talk first of all about what it actually is and I'm going to talk about sung worship a bit but please do know that that is an expression of worship it is not the only way to worship but sung worship is the common thing we often think about but let me start by asking three questions and I'll leave a little pause then I'm going to ask you to actually shout something out. I know this is radical stuff, church. I know this is blowing your minds. We're sitting on the floor. We're in a semicircle and he wants me to meet the talk. What on earth has happened to the church? Church gone crazy. Annie gone crazy. But let me ask you these three questions. One, what is worship? Here we go. What is worship? Who are you worshipping to? And thirdly, what is your favourite worship song? So think about those three questions. And in a second, I'm just going to ask you for the, f- the answers to the first one. And we'll come back to the other two. So here's the risky moment when there's a deadly hush. Any- someone shout out. What do you think worship is? Everything I Praising do God. God. Everything I do to the glory of God. Being in his presence. In his presence. Any others? Laying down, Laying down prostrate. Okay, So there's lots of different ways of saying it, my, my giving myself to him, praising him, those are the sort of things that come to mind. But the actual word itself, because it's interesting, you did this yesterday too at the meeting, is that our default is to shift into a Christian definition of the word immediately, because that's what we are, and, and so we should, it wasn't a criticism positive thing. But the actual word worship doesn't mean that. The word worship actually comes from an old English word that I cannot even pronounce. That might be we skip. I have no idea how to pronounce that. I have no idea. But it's made up of two old English words, to ascribe worth. That's what it actually literally means as a definition of the word, where the word comes from. So being old English, it's not Christian. It's not actually owned by the religious people. It's a word that we have embraced, but it actually means to ascribe worth it means that we deeply value something so i have some half good news for you about this particular spiritual discipline is it's it's one of the ones because a lot of them are really tough i think you've realized quite a lot of the spiritual disciplines we've been talking about are difficult this one worship half of it is dead easy just just easy peasy because we're all worshipers because we all ascribe worth to something. We ascribe worth to something. So worshipping is totally and utterly natural. In fact, it's built into us. We don't even have to try to ascribe worth to something. So it's good news, if I say, can you worship? Yes, you can. You can ascribe worth to anything and it will be an act of worship. We're all worshippers and what we have inside us is trying to find some kind of an outlet Some kind of a thing to to centre itself on and express itself in some way. And um, let me show you something. Hopefully this will work. Yeah, these are pictures of, guess what concert this is? No, it's older than that. Beatles. This is the concert, I think it was called Sear Park, I think it is anyway. But it's the Beatles and people are losing their minds. You can't, I can't download the YouTube video because it's got music in it. If I showed you, they're falling to pieces and all they're doing at this point, they're not singing, they're not playing, they're walking towards the stage. And at that point, ladies predominantly and a few guys are completely losing it. They are crying, they are screaming. That girl top left, the one in the blue is literally just going, ah, like a muppet. She's completely lost it because she's, The thing is tapping into something that is inexplicable. Why would we feel so emotionally attached to four Liverpudlians who can't actually play that well, by the way? Sorry, Beatles fans, but they're not that good. If you listen to their live gigs, I think we're better. But we didn't (laughs) write the songs, okay? But the point is, they've got the whole thing, the whole package, the songs, the haircuts, the look, the suits, the Liverpudlian accent, package that together. And for some reason, people fall to pieces. Don't blame girls, don't blame musicians, because here is Hyde Park, see if this works. England are about to score in the semi-final of the World Cup. They're shooting, they're getting agitated, they're about to score, and... And we lose it. Not only did we lose it, they lost all their beer. They've gone berserk. This is a ball going into a net. This is, in, they're going crazy. And actually we lose the game by the way, this is Croatia game. We <laughs> score first, then we lose 2-1 I think it was. But I was in Portugal and Lisbon with my family and we were, in a, we were in the middle of the city and there was, there was a good few thousand there and we went bonkers. Absolutely crazy. For what? A ball hitting some string suspended on some wooden posts. It is not explicable. I don't know how anyone can react like that, but let me just show you one other image. This picture was taken by Dave Abraham in my garden. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the right, you see my brother like this. <laughs> I'm at the back there. There's, there's a whole bunch of people in our garden because, because what's happened at this point is it's not a goal, it's a save. Jordan Pickford saves a goal. So it didn't even go in. This is the penalty that he saved. And again, look, if you go a bit closer, there's me. That's Jerry on the sitting down, by the way, who throws a cushion. What's the point of <laughs> throwing a cushion? But that red box is a cushion flying across our back garden. I've gone crazy. Um, Jessica's friend's gone mad. There's, there's Stevie on the bottom right, quite refined. Yes. But, the, but look at this guy. That's my son. That's Joel. He has gone Loop. He's literally, and he's, run down, he's running down the garden. Because something in him is desperately trying to find some outlet and all of his obsession with football, all of his looking at it, he is a major football fan, in that moment, because he's a goalkeeper and a goalkeeper whose English has saved a penalty, which is very, very rare, by the way, causes him to just burst and he starts running up the garden, (laughs) completely inexplicable. What is this tapping into? What is going on? There's a book by a guy called Harold Best called Unceasing Worship that in which he says, At this very moment, and for as long as the world endures, everybody inhabiting it is bowing down and serving something or someone, an artefact, a person, an institution, a spirit. Everyone, not just the Christians, everyone's doing that. And I want to argue that mankind created by God is designed for Worship to adore something to that the design has been built into us God has put it in our coding we have a need in us to find something to express our worship to ascribe worth to and to adore and I believe it's because he wants us to be drawing ourselves back towards him that we are separated from him and something in us wants to get back to something that we want to ascribe worth to and it's him and it's a journey back to him a journey back to God. But sin has separated us from God and we want him back, but we're rebellious. So rather than confront our sin, most of us will just try and find something else to worship. There's a great book I've been reading called Rhythms of Grace, which I think you mentioned to me as well, which someone gave me a copy of, and it's a great book. I'm only part way into it, but the guy who wrote it, Mike Cosper, wrote, Our worship pours out looking for a rightful home hoping that as we devote our lives to a course or an ideal, to status or beauty, we will find a cure for the emptiness that rings so cavernously within us. These idols, not just celebrities, career, money, status, even family, if we ascribe too much worth to them, they can become objects of worship. And the Christians can be smug in this when we say, well, hey, you know not me. I've I've got God. I'm good. I understand worship, yeah. And we can sort of dismiss it as a risk. But Paul writes to the Romans, the Roman church, and says this, for although they, he's talking about early humanity, the people who are close to God, the Israelite nation, they're talking, these people who knew God, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and they worshipped the served, created things. Football, career, jobs, family, money, possessions the created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. So we need to heed a warning here. We need to heed a warning that although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him. So let us remind us of what we believe. We believe that in God the Father, the creator of all things. We believe that we have been separated from him by our sin. We believe God wants us back and wanted to find a way that we might confess that sin and that sin might be paid for, that we might regain a relationship with him and pay for it in some way so he creates our way. He sends his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to be the sacrifice for sin as one who never sinned. And Jesus takes the punishment for our sin and he will die the death. I'll get rid of that in a second. We deserve. And then three days later, he will rise again and death will be defeated. He is resurrected. We will be too. Excuse me a second. Technology. Oh, this crazy worship set up. (coughs) Look. that's a miracle. <laughs> if you believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you are saved. And then you do not have to face the judgment you deserve for every dodgy deal, cruel word, adulterous thought, adulterous act, violent outbursts, every profanity, every deviancy, every dishonesty. These things will be counted against us. And yet because of Jesus Christ, God says, believe in him, cast your sins upon him, understand that he is dying for your sin, and I will set you free from the consequences of that sin. So please tell me how, and I'm talking to me too, when you consider that, how a ball, a song, a band, a job, an amount of money... An iPhone, 8, 9, 10, X, triple X, whatever the next one's going to be. How can any of that compare to this? This is Jesus in his glory. The King of heaven dying for me. It is finished. He has done it. Death is beaten. Heaven beckons me. How can that be compared to a ball? But something in us is trying to find an outlet, and if we're not careful, it will go towards the ball, and not towards this glorious news. People go to football matches every single week through the, through the football season. Every single week. And they stand there for an hour and a half plus the interval, plus getting there. So technically, kind of a similar time to us. Every week. And they go crazy. Most of the time. We come here and something is fighting against that desire for us to go crazy. For the one that saved, not a ball, but saved us. God's trying to release something in worship. Not just in this church, but across the nation. And there is something pushing back. And we believe we have an enemy that does not want us to worship the way he wants us to worship, in spirit and in truth. This is what we need to worship. This is Jesus. This is our God. When we see how gracious and glorious God is, when we see his love for what it is, there's a hymn writer who wrote something, a guy called Frederick Lehman, Lehman, who wrote this. I'm not the most poetic type of person most of the time, but this one hit me. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. (laughs) Man alive. When we understand the magnitude of who God is, How holy is, how flawed we are, yet he chooses to love us and stretches out forgiveness before us. We should be lost in wonder. My favourite psalm probably is Psalm 8. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, a little lower than the angels. And crown him with glory and honor. It's so easy to lose your wonder and amazement at who God is. We become jaded, we become tired. Something presses in and we lose that kind of excitement. I said, I believe we're in a battle often for that excitement. That's why we have the armor of God. I'm going to pray in a minute before we go back into worship for a a fresh revelation of just who God is. And by the Spirit, the helper that God has sent to us, that we would reignite in us the desire to not only worship and sing, but express it in many different ways. So question two I asked you was, who is worship directed to? I assume, and most of you would have thought, God, Jesus. If you said something like football, we really are in trouble. I'm assuming that you kind of went, yeah, my worship is directed towards God and towards Jesus. Just think about the third question, and I'll come back to it in a minute. What is your favourite worship song? And keep thinking of that while I deal with that question itself. When I asked what worship was, many of you might have thought about singing. And let's be clear that worship is more than singing. But, so worship can be done through silence, Worship when you're in awe, just standing there. Like I've stood at the top of the Rockies once, kind of went up a path, and at the end, I kind of popped out onto this ledge at the, at the Rockies in Canada. And I literally went, I have no words. I didn't say that because that would have meant I have words. I just stared, like in wonder, at the amazing earth of God's creation. You can worship in a response, in tears, in laughter. I don't want, but without going down that rabbit hole, because that could be a whole set of series in its own right, singing is truly a powerful way to express worship. The thing that's trying to come out of us actually can be expressed very well through singing. In fact, I would say it's incredibly, it's God's genius, music. It's something he created to allow us to express because listen to a football crowd. Some of the songs are a little rude, but you know. Alexis Sanchez, baby. What is that about, based on a song by the Human League? But just singing a name out, um, songs about referees, they're not so polite. But, but singing is kind of football crowds, every tribe on earth sings. Every tribe on earth makes music. There is no email that's gone out to tell everyone you need to do this. This has been going on forever. Everyone defaults to some kind of musical creation. And singing and chanting, <coughs> to sing is good, it's an incredible vehicle of divine creation that all humans use to express something. Just think about it. We sing all the time. We sing when we're excited. We sing with joy. But there's some bad news, English people. Dancing. (laughs) Dancing is also a very common expression of worship. We don't have the time to get into that too, but every tribe and every nation dances. We might be English, but we do dance. I'm not talking Morris dancing, by the way, I'm talking at weddings, we will dance. We will dance in celebration, we can do it. We do dance, we dance at birthdays, we dance at festivals, we dance at concerts. So dancing is also a very natural expression, but we have completely like wiped that out of our way of expressing worship. There's some space at the back, feel free. Yeah, join Vivian at the back. She'll show you how. (laughs) If Bethlehem was here, she'd really show you how. So we're going to go back into some musically enabled worship in a minute. I want to call it that, musically enabled worship. Feel free to sing, to dance. What we're going to do is we're going to worship for a little while. Yeah, we're pretty good. Worship for about 10 to 15 minutes. And I'm going to say a little bit more. Then we're going to go back into worship, which is going to be just an open time where you can come and go as you please. And as a team leader, I pray that we're just thankful that something is stirring in us now by the Spirit that needs to get out. And it needs to get out, and we're going to give you m- musically enabled worship to get it out. I asked you what your favourite worship song was. I'm not going to get a shout out. It might take too long, but I wager that most of them, you say that you're worshipping too good, but when you think about the song, think about the words. Are they to God or are they about God? Think of the song you've thought of because most will not be to God, which is the thing we thought we answered. Most of them are about God. Why? Why is that? Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. Who's that to? Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. Based on Psalm 136. That's not to God, that's to us. That's to remind us who he is. That's to remind us how good he is. A lot of worship, too much about us and it's a bad thing, but most of the worship seems to, needs to remind us who God is. Stuff about me and my struggles constantly being sung, which is a bit of a plague in modern worship songs, is not a good thing because it centers on, must, on us. But talking about us in relation to God is good because that's what most of the Psalms do. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. It's literally like, guys, remember who we're worshipping here. Remember who we're singing about. And that's why we're in a circle. Semi-circle. We thought about a circle, but technically a little difficult. But we'll get there, maybe. If you can get used to this. Because a lot of worship is telling us, guys, give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. It is to remind us as we then gaze upward and sing about you and him and you, a lot of what we're seeing is to remind ourselves, because often we walk in forgetting how good he is and how great he is and how amazing he is, and that he's saved us. So we want to be more ready to sing to one another as well as to him at the same time, to remind ourselves, because some of us had a tough week or we've just tired, and to remind us, give thanks to the Lord, our God and King, his love endures forever. We're not actually going to sing that song, are we? But... Uh We'll sing some others, but think about what we're singing because sometimes we are just, we're singing, because we just stand there, and I think we've just, because of this building, and great though it is, because of those bleachers, we have gone into, go on then worship team, off you go. You six, it to you. Don't like that one. Well I tell you what, from now on if the worship team is poor, you're the worship team, your fault. Because you're supposed to bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, not these bunch of musicians. And we put a mega group on today, because we've got great talent in for such a small church to give you musically enabled worship, but it's your worship. It's not theirs. It's not ours. We don't want you staring at us so much, hence why we put it like this so you can actually look a bit more at each other, because this is wrong. If you're up there on those bleachers staring down at these six poor individuals that are now burdened with the the trace of your worship and how you're going to feel, and frankly, if it doesn't work out, I'm off. I'm going somewhere else where the worship is more funky, bigger, better, because this isn't isn't what I want. Well, it isn't what we want either. We want you to come with a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, and we just want to help you through these instruments to express it. Which means worship is about where you're at with God through the week, and we'll talk about that when we come back. Just want to move out of these rigid structures. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we come to worship now, Lord God, we are desperate to express something of your goodness that we are desperate to express minimally the goodness of Jesus Christ and maximally, whatever that word is, the incredible generosity of Jesus Christ and in between all the blessings we have of food, comfort, shelter, clothes, heat, these things we are thankful for, that we are not desperate down on our knees, we're not living in everyday difficulties because you've given us this family, this incredible incredible church that Jimmy just testified about. To support us and love us and help us through difficult times. And that's all because of you. So the big story of Jesus or the very personal story of your life and how he's given you a better job than you once had. Or he's helped you in the past through difficult times. Or you know that he will help you in the future. I pray we're desperate to express it. And in these three songs we find some outlets for that. Amen. Amen. Team, if you want to come up, we're going to lead you in a few songs. I'm going to come back and say a little more. And then we're going to kind of have open worship time. I was going to preach some more, but I'm not. <laughs> I am ask you to stay stood though, while I just say a few things. Then we go straight back into worship. And the way this meeting's going to run today is, we are just going to, you know, in about 10 minutes, probably five, 10 minutes, you should probably go get your kids. You can go downstairs and get a coffee. It'll freak James out, but you can then come back up again. And we're just going to carry on worshiping. It's about time, church. There's an expression in business. It's garbage in, garbage out. Geico they call it. Put rubbish stuff in, you get rubbish stuff out what this series has been about is trying to say guys let's get some good stuff in so good stuff comes out what we're looking for in the whole spiritual disciplines is not a set of rules to live by they're gifts of grace from god to say you want to know me more i've got a bunch of ways those bunch of ways are study prayer fasting simplicity giving silence solitude fellowship rest meditation, memorization they are just keys to know me more so you can put better stuff in. So when you come to worship it's got to get out and what comes out is good stuff. is adoration and declaration. They're keys to deepen our relationship with God. That's what this series has been about. It's saying keep doing what you're doing. Your worship will probably be flat. If you're struggling that is. Your prayer life might be flat. Your times here will just not satisfy your need because you're looking for a a rock band. You're supposed to come with a sacrifice of praise because good stuff's going in and it has to find a way out. And then you see God in everything. Your week is saturated with God. You see his face in every sunrise. The colors of the morning are inside his eyes because he's beautiful, he's amazing. I pray you want to be that kind of Christian. I certainly do. I'm dancing on those drums. My arms flail around because I can't drum like this because I'm just trying to express something that is bursting out of me to be heard and to be said. Sunday morning is a place to come to let things out. Jesus did the spiritual disciplines himself because he wanted to know his father more, to commune with his father more, and to use a glib old phrase, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Because he was human. He was a human being. He was not God walking around in godly form. He was a human enabled by the Spirit. The very same Spirit that is alive in you and me. To do exactly the same things he did. To worship exactly the same way he did. That's why he was human. Send some deity down and he'll be like, we can't do it because he's like a ghost, a weird guy. He's a superhero. No, he's not. He's human like you and me. Enabled by the Spirit. The same one that is on us. So I'm praying as we go into worship now, and I'm going to ask the ladies to sing a song with no music, just sing it straight out, simply to get the words into us of how good God is. If you are struggling with your walk with Christ and you want someone to pray with you, oh Lord, do it today. Please. There's no need to worry anymore. There's no bleachers to get past. There's just a bunch of chairs that you can kick out the way. If you're on the prayer team, put your hand up even on the team. Okay, if you're in here and you're on the team, those guys you can go to if you want, they'll pray with you. But equally, the people that are with you, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for a fresh infilling of the spirit, hallelujah. That'll do. Let's, we're gonna ask the ladies to just sing a song for us with simple accompaniment. Then we're just gonna carry on worshiping in about after that, in five minutes, go get your kids. If they're stuck in the crash and stuff, bring them back here. We're going to keep going for another 20 minutes because we love to play. I just want to make one thing. These guys are incredible. They are a joy to play with. They dedicate so much time to rehearsing and trying to be the best musically enabled, spirit-filled worship people they can be. And we should be thankful that we've got them. But most importantly of all, from now on, do know it's over to you guys. Worship team is 100 people. Let's just enjoy it.